Last Sunday, David O did an amazing job. He brought the word so powerfully, so confidently. And um, tonight, we have the privilege of welcoming a son of this house up. He's an amazing bass player and dancer, and he has the most beautiful eyelashes. But more than that, I live with the guy, and he's, he's constant. Whether he's here at church or back at home, he's the same guy. And he just, his heart burns for the Lord. And so I know tonight he has a very powerful word for us. And so everyone welcome up Daniel Kim, Pastor Daniel Kim. Thank you, Mickey. That's never going to leave me, the eyelashes. But you know what, it's okay. Um, I just want to say that it's an honor to stand up here. Um, yeah, you know, it's been so recent that I've uh, come to this house, and, and just for me to, in the short time, um, just be able to serve, and um, even just be able to stand here, um, just to share a word from the Lord, is just um, just a, such an honor and such a privilege, and I'm just so excited uh, just to share with you what the Lord has been speaking to me, and so I just want to um, thank Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Sonny, and, and for all of you to give me the privilege to stand here and um, just deliver the word of the Lord. <clears throat> um, before we start, I just uh, want to pray. So if we close our eyes, um, and before I pray, I just really want um, for us to just close our eyes and um, just pour our affections upon the Lord. Um, I know that, you know, it's really fun to jump up and down and, and, and yell. You know, it's, it's biblical. We're supposed to declare the praises of the Lord, um, sing a new song. But I just feel like um, there's something holy and something so um, precious when we um, still our, our soul, still our voice, and um, just meditate on on the presence of God and, and just seek him. And so I just want to take a moment for us to um, really still our heart and just fix our gaze and fix our affections upon him. Yes, God. Um, Tonight, God, we just stand in amazement at who you are, God, and what you've done in our lives, God. And, God, we just worship you, God, not because you've commanded us, God. God, not only because you've commanded us, because, but because, God, we, we just see how great you are, God. And, God, you've proven yourself faithful again and again in our lives, God. God, even when we aren't faithful, God, even when we're not there, God, God, you are there to hold us, Lord. You are there to call us, Lord. And, God, when we think upon your goodness, Lord, God, we can't help we can't help but let the praises, God, just flow from our hearts, God. We can't help but to, to look at you, God, and run to you, God, and declare who you are, God, and declare who you are to the nations, Lord God. And so today, Father, we celebrate you, God. We celebrate your goodness, Lord. And, God, we thank you that, God, your love, God, the love that we have for you, God, it, it, it manifests, God, in the way that we love the people around us, God. And so tonight, God, would you show us, Father, um, God, your love for your church, God, God, your desire for us to be one, Lord God, and for us... Um, to move as one, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord. God, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Um, you know, it's really cool. I, I think it's really cool that the sons of the house and just the sons and daughters of the house really get to step up and, and share. You know, just being able to see all the different people come up and lead prayer and um, share the word. It's just been really awesome for me to see. You know, like, it's, it's really been different because... Uh, growing up, uh, I grew up in kind of a really conservative church where um, kids aren't even allowed to go on the stage. 
you know, it's only allowed for like the pastors and, and the elders and, and you, you get, you know, in big trouble if you even came up on and played around on the stage. And I remember I get in trouble a lot for coming up on the stage and I was um, pretty mischievous. And so it's really cool for me to see the sons and daughters. And I just feel really honored to um, be up here. I think, you know, Pastor Benjamin, he really trusts um, the sons and daughters in this house. And it really shows. And, and I just feel honored. And um, I think one thing that the Lord has really been speaking to me about, and, and, and I don't think it's just me, but I think it's, you know, everyone here. Um, he's been speaking about relationships. He's been speaking about the community and um, how we love one another. You know, David, he spoke a powerful message about relationships, you know, pursuing your relationship with one another. You know, Beck, she shared um, a sermon about honor, you know, learning how to honor not just um, the people who are um, above you, but the people around you, you know. And um, today I just want to share um, about being one, what it means to be one, how to be one, and, and to move as one. Um, and so I want you to turn your Bibles to Samuel, for Samuel 14. And I want to share with you a story that I love. This is one of my favorite stories. And um, I don't know, there's something about like battle and, and, and war and um, something, something about, I don't know if you other guys know what I'm talking about, but there's something, something exciting about battle and of, of courage and, and bravery. You know, like when you talk about battle, I don't know, I like video games. And so I always like those games where you get to be like a superhero and then you go and you fight everybody, you know. I don't know, it's really fun. I really love that. Okay, no one else, no one else likes it. Okay, it's fine. But I don't know, those kind of stories really um, just hype me up. It gets me excited. Um, 1 Samuel 14. Um, I'm going to read a couple of verses. Uh, verse 6. I'm going to start at verse 6. Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I'm with you heart and soul. Snaps. I'm going to read that again because that gets me so juiced. Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrisons of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. Amen. And so this story, you know, um, just to give you a background, uh, we kind of, come into the story. So Saul had been anointed king, and he'd been king for a few years, and um, he's been going, and he's been conquering um, some, of the na- some of the neighboring uh, nations. And um, at one point, he's conquering, uh, he's been attacking the garrisons of the Philistines, and um, Jonathan actually goes, and he takes over, and he conquers one of the garrisons. And so Saul, he gets excited. You know, he gets really excited, and, and he starts uh, telling everyone how he's been taking over the Philistines. And you know, the Philistines at the time, they're like, a mighty nation. They're a huge nation, right? And um, this one garrison is just, it's just a small garrison. And, and, and Saul, he's been, he's been gloating about um, his victory over the Philistines, all this stuff. And, and soon, you know, the Philistines, they're like, you know, they don't like to get punked on. So they start gathering an army. And this isn't just an army. If you guys have seen, like, Lord of the Rings, or if you've seen 300, you just see, like, you know, an endless army, right? And that's kind of what it was like. And, and just, to, just to give you um, an idea of what the army looked like. Let me share with you some of the, it, it lists in the Bible what was gathered. So the Philistines, they gathered 30,000 chariots, okay, 6,000 horsemen. And it says, the, it says the troops were like the sands on the seashore. 
I don't know if you've been to a beach, but there's a lot of sand. <laughs> All right? If there's enough sand on the seashore, there's, like, a lot of people. But you know what? Like, even though a lot of, uh, I, I watch a lot of movies, I don't really – I don't feel like I can really understand it. And so I put it – I kind of changed it so that you can maybe understand in, in modern times. So um, if you can imagine, there's 30,000 jets. Okay? They got 30,000 jets. All right? They got 6,000 tanks. And they got infantry. Like the sands of the sea. Okay, I don't know how to convert that. But they got infantry like the sands of the sea, all right? It's just a crazy, crazy, crazy army, okay? Just to take out the Israelites. So now the Israelites, they're, um, you know, they're having fun. They're conquering some nations. They're like, oh, this is cool. But then they start seeing that army massing together. And they start getting scared. And so it said originally that there was 330,000 Israelites that were gathered together. And they all just start scattering. They're afraid. They're hecka scared. And so they all start scattering, and now Saul, he starts getting afraid. You know, he starts freaking out. He starts seeing, like, that, that army that's gathering together, and he starts getting freaked out. But, but, but Samuel promises that he's going to come in seven days, and they're going to make a sacrifice to the Lord so that the Lord would have favor upon them to go into battle, right? And so Samuel's waiting. That must have been, like, the longest seven days, right? You're supposed to wait a week, and you're seeing this army <laughs> gathering together, and every day there's, like, more and more people. There's more and more people. Man, if it was me, I'd be like, um, God, are you sure seven days? There's more and more people every day. <laughs> and um, there's less and less of my people every day. Um, but seven days comes, and Samuel still doesn't show up. Right? Samuel doesn't show up. So Sa- Saul's, like, really sweating now. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Samuel, you're supposed to be here. Where are you at, bro? But Samuel doesn't show up. So what does Saul do? He goes ahead, and he makes an offering to the Lord. You know, he does what he thinks is right. He says, I'm going to make a sacrifice to the Lord. That's technically the right thing to do, right? Lord, I want to go with your favor. I want to go with your favor. And as he makes the sacrifice, Samuel comes. And Samuel's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're supposed to wait for me. You're supposed to wait for me so that we can make an offering to the Lord together. And, you know, because of that one act of disobedience, this is what he says. In verse 13, Samuel says to Saul, he says, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God with which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom for, over Israel forever. Dang, that sucks. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord has commanded you. And then it, Samuel left. And then Samuel arose and went. Oh, dang. <laughs> so Saul is in a really, really sucky situation right and he's supposed to come and wait for the prophet to come so that he can make a sacrifice so that he could have the favor of the lord but now he doesn't even have that and so now he's sitting and his numbers are dwindling and the am- the army in front of him is getting bigger and bigger every day and i mean if you can imagine your saul you're just what do you do <laughs> just hopeless and that's pretty much what he was and it says saul numbered the people who were present with him and from the 30 330,000 people it had dwindled to 600 men 600 men. And Saul and Jonathan, his son, and the people who were present with him stayed in Geba of Benjamin. And the Philistines began to gather. And so, that's where we get to where we're, um, where we're supposed to be, I guess. You know, Saul, he was afraid. When he began to see the armies massing, when he began to look at his circumstances, he began to become afraid, right? Um, he was trying to preserve himself. Even when Samuel came and Samuel asked, 
uh, Saul, what are you doing? You know, Saul, he began to give excuses like, oh, you know, I was just trying to, you know, get the favor of the Lord. So when I go, you know, I could win this battle. You know, I could do all these things. But, you know, what really was going on was Saul was trying to preserve himself. And I want to I want to look at this other story about Saul's son, Jonathan. And I really believe that um, the way he acted is is going to give us a clue on how we can be one as a community and how we can move together as one and be victorious. Amen. Amen. So um, if we skip down, we'll start at verse 6 where we read. Um, and so after we see that there are 600 people and it's nighttime and, and Saul, he's, he doesn't know what to do. So he's just afraid and he's sitting and it says he's sitting under the pomegranate tree and he's not doing anything. So Jonathan, this young man, he's just, he just isn't, he doesn't want to wait. He doesn't want to wait. And so he believes that the Lord is going to give him victory, right? And so in the middle of the night, Jonathan, he goes to the man who's carrying his armor. And he goes to him and he says, to the young man, he says, come, let us go to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Jonathan isn't afraid. But he says, let's go. And the first thing, the first thing that I, that I see um, that I really feel is key for us to be one is Jonathan, he moved in community. So in verse 1 and verse 6, Jonathan invites the armor bearer to come and join him in his mission. You know, if you look at Saul, he, he moved on his own. He didn't wait for Samuel to come and, and to move with him, right, which is what the Lord commanded, right? Samuel was supposed to come and offer the sacrifice with Saul, but Saul couldn't wait. He wanted to move on his own. He had his own agenda, right? But Jonathan, he invites this armor bearer. He invites him to come. He says, come, let us go. Let us go together. You know, in Deuteronomy 32, uh, 30, it says, how could one man chase 1,000 or two put 10,000 to flight? You know, the, there is something in the spirit. You know, Jesus said, when two or more gather, I'll be there. You know, one of us, God can move powerfully through one of us, right? Saul knew that. Saul knew that. He's experienced the power of God before, right? Saul knew that through him, God could have done anything. But, you know, there's something in, in, in the reality of the kingdom where two or more people gather. It doesn't just grow um, additionally, but something happens exponentially, okay? And God, he wants us to move together in community. He doesn't want us to move together as one. It's true. It's true. God can move powerfully through us individually as one as we go. And it's happened, and God does that sometimes. But I believe that God is calling us to move together as a community. When there's two or more gathered together, we're more than just a sum. There's supernatural, there's like heavenly uh, formula that says if we come together as a group, we move powerfully. Look around you. There's more than two people here. God is moving powerfully in this place. Amen? So God can accomplish great things, but as a team, as a group, God never calls you to move alone. And you know the thing is, I feel like a lot of us, we search for um, what our ultimate contribution is right like the biggest question not even in the church but for everybody the question that people ask is what am i supposed to do what am i made for you know a lot of us we ask god what is our mission what is our purpose um that you've called you've made us to do on this earth i know that our purpose is to be loved by god but god what is my what is my mission on this earth what are we supposed to do and you know what i feel like god calls you to do things but it's always in the context of community it's always in the context of the body in the local church. You know, God never calls you to do something totally outside of, of the church. 
you know, uh, Pastor Sonny, she, um, when I first came here and she, she asked me to come on staff, you know, I was telling her all of the things that I love to do. And I was just telling her, Pastor Sonny, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know if what I want maybe comes into alignment with what you guys want, you know? She asked me to come and, and, and be a media director, but honestly, I was like, Pastor Sonny, I have no idea how to work any of the media stuff. You know, how, how am I supposed to pursue my destiny when I'm doing something that I feel like I have no gifting? I have no sense of destiny, right? What am I supposed to do? And Pastor Sonny shared with me the story, and it really changed um, my perspective on that. She said, you know, there, are, there were three sons, there were three children, and there was a mother. And the mother said, let's plan a vacation. Let's plan a, let's plan a vacation, and each of you, get to just, you, you guys get to decide um, what to do. So the first son, he said, Mom, I think we should go to the forest. I think when we go to the forest, it's going to be really fun. There's trees. You know, when there's trees, there's fresh air. You know, we can go camping. It's going to be heck of fun. And the second son's like, no, 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 no. We got to go to the ocean. We got to go to the ocean because if we go to the ocean, man, you can go to swimming. You can play on the beach. You know, it's heck of fun. And then the third son, he said, no. I think we should take a, take a plane and we should go fly around. We should um, go up to the mountaintop. And I think we should chill up on the mountaintop. We go hiking. It's going to be really fun. I think we should do that instead. And then the mom was kind of sitting there. And all the three kids, they're like bickering. No, 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 mine's better. Mine's better. My idea's better. Da, 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 right? They're coming with all these different reasons. Um, and the mom is sitting there. And then she looks at them. And she's like, all right, let's go to Hawaii. And they're like, what? Why Hawaii? And she's like, let's go to Hawaii. And they're like, no, I don't want to go to Hawaii. We should go to the mountain. No, we should go to the forest. No, we should go to the ocean. Da, da, da. But mom's like, no, we're going to go to Hawaii. That's where we're going to go. And so they end up going to Hawaii, and when they get there, what they see is that there's a beach, what they see is that there's a mountain, and what they see is that there's a forest. And what she was trying to say, basically, was that in the church, in the body, when you pursue your destiny in the context of the community, what you end up getting is much bigger than what you originally thought your destiny was. And what God calls you to do, you think is over here. But when you begin to pursue it in the context of community, what you find is that your destiny is actually is greater. What you, what you end up seeing is that everyone's destiny is tied together. And what you begin to see is that it's bigger, right? God's purpose for you is bigger. You know, Jonathan, I bet you he went and he, he was filled with, you know, holy indignation. Like, I, we, we can't sit here and let these people, you know, make us afraid. He's like, let's go. We got to go. But what he didn't know was as he joined with the armor bearer, there was something bigger. There was something bigger in store for him that he didn't know, right? What, what do you feel like your ultimate contribution is? You know, are you reaching for the nations? Are you, do you feel like you're supposed to be a missionary? You know, in the concept of the house, you're going to be sent out. You know, we have missionaries that are being sent out in January, you know? They're being sent out. We're going to send them. And they're going to go and they're going to reach the nations, right? pastoring you're gonna pastor in the house you don't have to go and minister outside if you're a business person we're gonna empower you and we're gonna send you out to take your business place you know you know in the context of the church god is calling you to be in the community and to pursue your destiny in the context of community right we are greater than just a sum move on to six be the second part of verse six you know jonathan says it may be that the lord will work for us for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And I think the second thing that we can see the way that we can move together and be one 
is we got to trust the Lord. You know, when you think about being one, I think the first thing you think about is like, all right, I got to get along with the person next to me. I got to trust the person next to me. That's the only way that it's going to work. But you know what? I think what Jonathan said, I think is got to be the foundation. You got to trust the Lord. Being one doesn't begin with trusting one another. It begins when you place your trust in the Lord, right? Um, I looked through the Bible, and there are several different places, pretty much all in Psalms, but where it talks about trusting the Lord. You know, the psalmist, he loves to talk about trusting the Lord, right? So Psalms 26.1, it says, I have trusted the Lord and have not faltered. When you trust in the Lord, it puts me on a foundation that is unshakable. That is unshakable. When I trust the Lord, he, I can't be shaken by anything that I see. Even if I see something that's overwhelming, I cannot be shaken because I trust the Lord. I trust in the God who's bigger. Psalms 27. It says, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Trusting in the Lord entrusts you into the care of a supernatural God who is almighty, who is never late, who is greater than any power or principality in this world. You know, if Saul understood this, he wouldn't have been shaken when he saw the armies massing together. Right? Some people, they put their trust in money. Some people, they put their trust in their relationships. Some people, they find their identity in all these different things of the world. But you know what? When we trust in the name of the Lord, we trust in something that's far greater than that. Something that's far more constant than that. Right? Something that's so much more powerful than that. And, you know, last year I went to Indonesia. And that was actually the first opportunity for me to really connect with this church. Um, I had been attending a different church at the time. And um, all these different things like... Okay, this is kind of weird, but um, having faith and trusting that the Lord was going to provide for your um, finances, that was, like, kind of new to me. I don't know. That's weird that I think about it now. But, you know, like, in other, where I was, I, I was told, like, I was responsible for my finances, so I had to go and work. And I don't think, I don't think that's, that's wrong or that's bad. But there was something different that I had to learn about trusting the Lord and, and leaving my cares up to the Lord. And so uh, we were all responsible for raising um, about $3,500. And for me, I mean, I had been on mission trips before, but that was just an amazing amount of money. And I didn't work, right? I was a college student. And so, man, $3,500 is, is, is just a hefty sum. And so I remember, you know, I was sending out my support letters. I was, you know, like inviting people to join me on my missions. And, and then the funds were coming in. But, you know, like, like a week before the trip, I was still short like $1,200. That was pretty good, right? In my eyes, that was pretty good. But I'm like, all right, Lord, there's one more week left. How am I going to raise $1,200, right? And I came to one of the meetings. It was one of the last meetings. And I remember um, Pastor Sonny was like, you know, how many of you are still struggling to raise the funds? And I raised my hand. And, you know, she said, you know, you got to believe. The Lord says it's going to be easy. And I was like, $1,200? How is that easy? I could work like a month and maybe raise $1,200. Right? How's that easy? I got one week left. But she was like, no. The Lord says it's easy. The Lord says it's easy. You have to believe it. You have to trust it. And so I was like, all right. And then she made us do this thing. She said, I want you to pray right now, and I want you to make a decision in your heart. And you're going to tell the Lord, Lord, I make a decision right now that I'm going to choose to trust you. I'm going to choose to trust you. You know, you can say that you trust the Lord, but you might not trust the Lord in your heart. Right? But you have to make a decision to trust the Lord. And I remember I made a decision that night. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how it's going to happen. 
Uh, but I, I choose to trust you, Lord. I don't really have faith for it, but you know what? I'm making a decision. I'm going to make a decision right now that I'm going to change the way that I think. I'm going to trust you, and you're going to provide for me. Right? And so I go home, and um, I lived up in Davis. I went to UC Davis for um, for my uh, for college. And um, I went to – it was during the weekend, and so I went to – I came here for the meeting. And then I – my family lived in San Jose. So I, I drove up to San Jose, and um, I was like – Telling them, you know, oh, yeah, you know, everything's going great. I didn't want my parents to worry. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, fundraising is going great. You know, I already raised, like, two over $2,000. It's really good. Da, da, da. And then um, I get there, and um, there's a couple from the church that my parents go to. And they were, like, sitting there. And um, and they were, like, surprised that I was there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know. I just came to visit because I had a meeting in Emerville, And so I just decided, you know, to visit home. And then they're, like, shocked. And I was like, they're still shocked. And I'm like, why are you? I live here. This is my house. Why are you surprised I'm here? And they're like, you know, actually, the Lord, and, and the guy was like kind of like hesitant to share. And I was like, no, 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 what is it? And he's like, you know, actually, the Lord um, came to me in a dream the other night. And he said, I want you to support Daniel on his mission trip. And he's going to Africa. <laughs> and then they're like, are you going to Africa? Like, I hadn't told them that I was going to Africa. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm going to Ethiopia, like, next week. And they're like, really? Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. They're getting excited, right? And then they're like, you know, we want to give you this. This is just, you know, we want to support you. We want to obey the Lord, right? We want to bless you. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. That's crazy. And then another person comes, right? And this person, they never come to my house. But for some reason, they just came that day, and they saw me. And they're like, oh, you're going on missions? Here, I want to bless you. And then another person. So this is, like, three different families who did not talk to each other. Right, they come and they're like, "Oh, you going on missions here? I want to support you." Right? And then my relatives come randomly, right, unannounced, and they're like, "Oh, you're going on missions here? I want to bless you." And that's crazy because I didn't even tell my parents that I was coming that day. And you know, I ended up raising $900 right there on the spot, right? And I was like, "Oh my gosh." You know when you trust the Lord, you know, some trust in all these different things of the world, but the Lord, he's here. He's going to take care of you. When you trust the Lord, um, he perfects all of your concerns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do a couple more. You know, um, Psalms 32, 10, it says, Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts him. You know, trusting in the Lord, it protects you, and it allows his love to surround you. You know, God wants to surround you with his love, but as soon as you, you, you make a decision to trust the Lord, you're stepping into a place where it allows his love to surround you. Psalms 37.3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. You know, trusting in the Lord allows you to live safe and it allows you to enjoy your life. You know, trusting in the Lord allows you to enjoy life. You know, it's funny because growing up, I always thought the opposite. Like, trusting in the Lord means that he's going to take away all the fun things in life and I have to do everything that I don't want to do. He's going to send me to some place that I don't want to go and then make me become a missionary for the rest of my life. And I, I don't want to do that, right? I don't know. That's just what I thought, right? But you know what? Uh, this last trip in Indonesia, I experienced something like so opposite of that. You know, when we went to Indonesia, we were getting up 5 a.m. every day to do devotionals. Right after that, we washed up really fast. We walked the kids to school. Right after that, we go to house visits, like through different houses, you know. And then right after that, we do a children's program. Right after that, we go night revival. Um, we got to go preach. And we got to, like, go heal people and, and all this stuff, right? It's, like, really tiring. 
It's just a lot of stuff. Okay, if you just think about it, this is a really packed day, right? But you know what? It was crazy because in the midst of it, there's so much joy. Man, I loved it. And if you talk to anyone on that Indonesia trip, man, we were like dead tired every night. But, man, we were just filled with so much joy. We loved what we were doing. And, you know, like me, I'm here in this, in like serving this house. And I'm doing it out of faith, right? I, I, you know, I raise support every month. But you know what? I love what I do. I love it. I enjoy my life. You know, there's people out there in the world. They're longing to be filled with joy. They're longing to love their life. But they can't. They can't. But when you trust the Lord, it says, dwell on the land and enjoy safe pasture. You're able to enjoy your life. You're able to enjoy what you do. You know, Saul, he trusted in his own ability. He trusted in what he could do. And what resulted in that was anxiety, fear, sin, disobedience to the Lord, and confusion. You know, he was only able to move from those places. All those things blinded him. He couldn't see. But Jonathan, he placed his hand, he placed his life in the hands of God. And it resulted in peace, in boldness, and in clarity of the mind. Right? So when you trust in the Lord, it allows you, it opens up the world to all new kinds of freedom that you never experienced before. And it allowed Jonathan to step out in boldness and do something crazy. Like go and attack an army that's ridiculous, right? Moving on. Verse 7. This is my favorite part. It says, and his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. Dang. (laughs) It's like if you watch those movies, it'd be like one of those one-liners, right? It's like the climax of the movie. And I I used to do this with Mickey. Like like he'd be going somewhere, and I'd grab his arm. I'd be like, I'm with you, heart and soul. (laughs) Mickey, do all that you desire. I'm with you, heart and soul. It just feels so cool when I do that. Do all that is in your heart. I'm with you, heart and soul. Do all, that is in your, uh, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. I'm with you, heart and soul. You know, what is, what is he trying to say? He's saying, I'm standing with you. You know, I'm choosing to capture your heart and make it mine. You know, I think the third thing is um, choosing to, ch- to capture the heart of those around you. You know, this armor bearer, he probably saw the army as well, right? And it was pretty crazy to do something ridiculous like that. But you know what? He believed in Jonathan. He said, you know what? Do everything that you desire. We're not only going to go there, but do everything that you want. Anything that you do. You know what? I make a decision right now to agree with everything that you're doing. Not only am I going to agree with what you're doing, I'm going to make your heart's desire my desire as well. I'm going to go, and I'm not just going to do it and obey like a slave, but I'm going to do it. And my heart's going to be in it. It's going to be my desire as well. Right? I'm going to choose to capture your heart. It's more than simply agreeing to do the task. You know, the, the, the armor bearer, he was just an armor bearer. He wasn't even a warrior. He was the guy that holds Jonathan's arm. If Jonathan walks over here, he's holding his armor, and he's walking with him like this, right? If he goes over here, he's, he's walking with his armor like this. He's like, do you want your sword? Here, here's your sword. That's what he does, right? He doesn't even fight. But he said, all right, you're going to go attack that crazy army? Let's go. I'm with you, heart and soul. Everything that you want to do, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going with you. And you know what? And you know what he's basically trying to say? You know what capturing the heart is? Basically what capturing the heart of those around you is submission. It's submission to the heart of those around you. And you know, we talk a lot about sonship in this house. You know, we talk about sonship and we talk about having the mentality of a son and not a mentality of a slave. But you know what? When you choose to obey, but you don't choose to capture the heart of your mother and father, 
you know, you're still a slave. You're simply choosing to obey, but you're not coming into submission to the heart. You're not choosing to capture the heart and make their desires yours. You know, sons, no, slaves, they simply respond to a command. You know, slaves, they don't do any more than what they're told. If you tell a slave to go over here, they'll go over here and then they'll stand there. And they won't do anything more. But a son, they'll submit to the heart of their mother and father. They'll capture the hearts of their spiritual covering. And not only will they do what they're commanded to do, but they'll go above and beyond. They'll make the desires of their parents and they'll make it their own. Right? And you can see that there are sons in this house that do like, um, you know, Dave, he talked about Joseph. Joseph is like, you know, he said he's like inspired by Joseph. Man, Joseph, but not just Joseph. There are all these other sons too. Like Charles, he took worship to a different level. Right? Dave, he's taking media to another level. Mickey, he took the children's department to another level. Like all these sons, they not only do what the, what the, what the spiritual parents say, but they make it their own. They take it and they go with it. You know, this, this armor bearer, he could have just said, all right, let's go. I'll follow you. I'll go with you. You know, Jonathan, he said, come, let us go to, these, to the garrison of these uncircumcised. And the armor bearer, he could have said, all right, this is really crazy, but yeah, I'll tag along. I'll go with you. You know, I'll do just what you say. But no, he said, no, do all that's in your heart. I'm with you, heart and soul. My heart and my soul is with you in everything that you do. And you know what? This is the greatest form of honor. You know, I really believe that when you're able to capture someone's heart and capture what they believe in and capture the desires of the heart, I really believe that that's the greatest form of honor. Because what you're saying is, you know what, your desires, I'm going to submit all my desires to what you desire. I'm going to submit all my dreams and my visions to what you're doing. And you know what, I'm going to do it with you. And not only am I going to do it with you, I'm going to do it with excitement, with passion, and I'm going to pursue it with all of my heart. I'm with you heart and soul. I'm with you, heart and soul. You know what? The sign of oneness in, in, a, in a church and a body of Christ is the joy in serving. And to see how, how the sons and daughters of the house are expanding the vision and how people are going above and beyond their instruction. You know, when you're commanded to do something, do you just do enough? You know, do you do just enough? Do you do exactly to the letter and then you're done? Or do you go, do you look for ways to go above and beyond? You know, have you captured the heart of the spiritual mother and father? And not just the spiritual mother and father. But you know, we talked about your dreams and your destinies coming from a context of community. To the people around you, do you capture their heart? You know, I do this exercise. Well, okay, I did it once <laughs> in my late community. But we're, we're going to do more. But you know, we do this exercise. We did this exercise, and I thought it was really cool. And, you know, um, we got all our guys together, and I said, you know what? Each of you, you have a piece of the Father's heart. You have one piece of God's heart that nobody else in this world has. And that's what you're passionate for, and that's what you desire. And you know what? Like, don't be afraid to, to desire what you have in your heart because you have one piece of the Father's heart that no one else in this world has. And you know what? We're going to share this passion with one another because we're supposed to join together. In one another's passion. And not only are we going to see and, and acknowledge your passion, but we're going to join together with you. We're going to stand um, in that place together with you in that passion. And you know what? I really believe that that's what our community is supposed to do. We're supposed to stand together with one another to see what our hearts burn for. You know, we talk about the, the fellowship of the burning hearts, right? The fellowship of the burning hearts. What, I, I believe that what the fellowship of the burning hearts is to see what my brother and sister's hearts burn for. And to let my hearts burn for the same thing. Right? To capture their heart. 
to capture the heart, to say, hey, do all that is in your heart. I'm with you. I'm with you heart and, whole, heart and soul. I stand with you. I stand right next to you. I'm going to stand with you, and I'm going to go with you. If you go, hey, you know what? If you go pray for your uncle, you know what? I'm with you heart and soul. Hey, you know what? If you're going um, to, 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 to move powerfully in your business and, and where you work, you know what? I'm going to stand with you. You know what? Your car broke down. Hey, I'm with you. I'm there. I'm with you heart and soul. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do whatever I can. You know what? That is what oneness looks like. It's to capture our heart. It's to capture the hearts of the brothers and sisters around you. To capture the heart of your mother and father. And to say, I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm with you, heart and soul. You know, the armor bearer willingly, he was willing to die. You know, if you think about it naturally, it was two people going into an army, right? It'd just be like if, if Charles and I, we ran into a battlefield with a bajillion tanks and guys with guns. Oh, and here's another thing. It says in the army of, in, in the nation of Israel, they were all far, like, you know, uh, shepherds and farmers. It says they didn't have any swords. It says Saul had a sword and Jonathan had a sword. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. And Saul was chilling under the pomegranate tree. So Jonathan was like, hey, let's go fight this army. Oh, but I only have one sword. So you're going to carry it, and then I'm going to use it. And yeah. Right? So this armor bearer, he could have easily looked at the circumstances and been like, bro, this is crazy. This is crazy. But, you know, he was willing to die for the desires. He was able to capture the heart of Jonathan to a point of death. Right? To the point of death. You know, what would our church look like? What would our community look like? What would Living Hope look like if we were able to capture the heart to a degree where we're able to lay our lives down for one another? To say, hey, this is what you're passionate about? You know what? I'm going to lay my life down for that. You know what? I'm going to pursue that with all of my heart. What would our church look like? And you know, ultimately, this is what we're doing to the Lord, right? What we're saying to the Lord is, Lord, I choose to pursue your desire, right? When we lay our, our desires down for our, our spiritual coverings, what we're saying is, God, I choose to lay my heart down. I choose to lay the desires and the passions of my heart for what you desire, for what you're longing for. That's what I want. And so that's what it is. And, you know, the story goes on. And, you know, what it is is the Philistines, their whole army is on this mountain, and Jonathan and the armor bearer has to climb up a mountain just to get to them. Okay? And if you know anything about, like, shooting or fighting, like, climbing up to get to someone is always disadvantage. Always a disadvantage, right? Well, Jonathan, Jonathan says, man, this is a crazy guy. He says, we're going to go, and when they see us, if they tell us um, to stay there, they're going to come to us, then we're not going. That's not the will of the Lord. But if the army tells us to come up to them, and that means the Lord is with us. And that means we have the victory. <laughs> what? Right? That's crazy. And so it says that they climb hand and feet up the mountain. Okay? They only have one sword. They climb up the mountain because they say, come up, you Israelites, you Hebrews. Come up to us. They're like, yes, we have the victory. So they climb up the mountain. And it says they start slaying people. And I don't know how you slay people with your bare hands. But Jonathan has a sword, and the armor bearer, I don't know, he has like a sheath or something. They start, like, causing a crazy ruckus. So crazy 
that it says Saul and his men on the other side, on another mountain, they see a commotion going on. And it's not only Jonathan and, and, and the armor bearer, but it says the earthquakes. It says this confusion in the army, and they start killing each other, right? And that's what two men can do. When, when you're able to capture the heart of one another, that's what you can do. You know, Jonathan and the armor bearer, they're able to take out that army, the two of them. And what ended up happening was Saul and his men, they start getting, they're like, man, who's over there? We have 600 men, but who's over there? And they, like, count the ranks, and they're like, all right, only Jonathan and his armor bearer are there. They're like, dude, we got to get on this. So they go. And then it says, everyone that went into hiding, they also got out, and they chased them, and they ran them down, and they destroyed this army. You know, the result of you um, capturing the heart of one another, you know, it builds and it, and it excites the people around you. You know, those who are discouraged, when you're able to capture the heart of one another, when you're able to capture the heart of your spiritual mother and father, you begin to, spur, you be, you begin to spark a fire in the hearts of the people around you. You know, Jonathan and, and his armor bearer, they were able, God was doing powerful things, right? But not only were they able to do these amazing things and survive, but dude, they sparked the hearts of the army of, of, of Israel, and they came to battle, and what ended up happening was they were able to conquer an army that just logically doesn't make sense for them to conquer. You know, two men, two men, they came together, and they captured each other's heart. They trusted the Lord, and they were able to take out a mighty nation, a, a mighty army, right? Two people. Look around you. Look around you. Look how many people are here. You know, I've never... Honestly, I've never even been in a fight before. I don't, I don't really, I've never been in a fight before. But you know what? The Lord says when you submit to one another, when you're able to capture the heart of one another, you can conquer anything. When you trust me, you can face anything that stands before you. You can take anything that stands before you. When we're one, we're unshakable, and we can conquer anything that stands in the way of the kingdom. You know, we're bold to pursue our destinies. And you know what? We will never feel alone. We will never feel abandoned. When we stand together, we'll never feel those things. But we'll feel strengthened and surrounded. You know, that's how we move as one. That's what it means to be one. And I really believe that in this season, God is taking us, taking the body of Christ to that place, to that place of oneness, to the place where we're able to submit to one another, not because we're commanded to, but because we want to capture one another's hearts. We're able to say, do everything that your heart desires. I'm with you. I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm with you, heart and soul. You know, let's close our eyes. And, um, yeah, if we get some, some music. Um, you know, there's some of us that feel, you know, I believe that the Lord is taking us to this place of oneness. Um, but you know what? We got to commit to one another and we got to make a decision. We're going to be a community. We're going to be one. And you know what? The enemy has lied to us. You know, the enemy is a deceiver of the brethren. He comes to lie, kill, divide. And, you know, I feel like he's caused some of us to feel abandoned. You know, the truth is that we're not abandoned. The truth is that we stand together as one. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he made us one, right? But some of us, we feel disconnected. We feel abandoned. We feel like no one's standing with us. You know, maybe some of you are sitting here and you're saying, you know, I, I really desire that. I really want that. But you know what? I don't feel like, 
I'm experiencing that in my life right now. And you know what? The Lord wants to come, and he wants to make us one tonight. He wants to make us one tonight. You know, and I know the whole body, the whole church isn't here tonight, but you know what? I really believe that what's going to happen tonight is going to be a sign of what he's going to do in the body of Christ. Not just in our church. Not just in our church, but throughout the whole body of Christ, he's going to make us one. And I believe that the Lord is taking us to a place where we're going to be one. You know, it's been too long that we've been divided. It's been too long that we've stood on our own. It's too long that we've been trying to face the demons in our life, the things in our life, to fight, to try to break the chains off of our life on our own. You know, tonight I feel like the Lord is saying, no, I made you one. I made you one. And you're going to stand together as one. And you know, I really believe that there are some of you in here, you felt alone. You felt like, you know what? I want a community, but I don't feel like I have community. And if that's you, I want you to come. I want you to make a bold statement. I want you to come. And I want you to stand here in the front. And we want to embrace you as a community tonight. We want to make a sign that says we're one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what? Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Let's, actually, there's not a, a lot of us tonight. Let's all come to the front. I know that there's been a point in our life where we felt alone, where we felt like we were abandoned. You know, there was a time in our life where we felt like no one cared about us, where we had to struggle on our own, where we had to figure stuff out on our own. Yeah, just come all the way to the front. And you know what? We're going to stand here together. We're going to stand here together. Don't be shy. Come together. And we're going to get nice and cozy. Yeah, let's hold hands. You know, I believe this is a sign... This is a sign to the body of Christ, to, to Living Hope Christian Center, that no longer is the enemy going to divide us. No longer are we going to feel alone. No longer are we going to feel discouraged. No longer are we going to feel abandoned. We are one. And we're moving as one. We're moving together. And we're moving forward as one. And God, today, we declare, God, that we are one, God. God, you said that we were one. God, when Jesus died on the cross, he died that we would become one. Jesus, you pray to God. God, make them one as we are one. Lord, we stand here tonight and we say that we are one, God. God, we make a decision. God, we make a commitment to one another, God, to say that we are one, Lord. God, we're going to stand as one, Lord Jesus. God, we're one, God. And when we look at one another, God, God, we're going to capture the hearts of one another, Lord Jesus. And we're going to say, God, God, do all that is in your heart. My heart is with you. My heart goes with you. My heart and soul goes with you. I stand with you. My brother and sister, my mother, my father, I stand with you. We are one. We are one. 
We are one. You know what? Begin to declare that in your voice. Begin to declare that with your own mouth and make a commitment to God. Make a commitment in this place. You know, this is going to be a sign to the body of Christ that we are one. We are one. Yes, God. Yes, God. We are one, Lord. God, we make a decision tonight, God, to stand together as one, God. God, and we stand together as a sign, Father, to the nations, God, to the body of Christ, Lord Jesus. God, that we will not stand for division any longer, Lord. God, we're not going to stand for division, God. God, we're not going to stand for division, Lord Jesus. God, we're not going to stand, Father, and allow the enemy, God, to segregate us, Lord. God, to bring disunity in our house, Lord God. God, I pray, Lord God, that you would raise up, God, an indignation, God, a holy indignation, Lord Jesus. God, to say we will not stand, we will not stand division. God, we will not stand, we will not let the enemy take off those, God, who are discouraged, Lord. God, we will not stand for those things. But God, we declare, God, that today, God, we're making a commitment with one another, God. God, that we're going to stand as one. God, we're going to stand as one. Yes, God, we thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you that the truth, Lord, God, the truth is that we are one, Lord. God, the circumstances might say otherwise, Lord. God, we may feel like we are distant, Lord God. God, we may feel like there's no one that understands, God. God, those might be the facts, but God, the truth, God, the superior reality, Lord God, is that we are one. God, we are one in spirit. Jesus, you made us one. God, by the blood of Jesus, we are one, God. And God, we're going to choose to see the superior reality, Lord God. And God, tonight we stand together as one. God, as a sign, Lord Jesus. God, that we're no longer going to allow division, God, to take our house. We're no longer going to allow disunity, God, discouragement, hopelessness, God, to be allowed in our house, God. God, there's no place for that in our house, Lord God. So God, we thank you that today, God, you've broken the chains, God, of disunity off this house, God. God, and I thank you that you're taking us forward, God. We're moving forward, Lord God. God, we're moving forward together, and we're moving as one, Lord. And so, God, we thank you. God, we thank you, Lord. God, we thank you that we're moving forward, God. God, we thank you and we love you, Lord. God, we give you praise, God. We give you praise, God. God, we give you praise. Begin to praise him. Begin to give him praise. God, we thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you that, God, there is unity, God. God, we thank you, Lord, that your name is above every name, God. God, in in your presence, Lord God, there's a fullness of joy, God. There is unity, God. There is wholeness, Lord. We thank you, God. God, we thank you. God, we thank you, Lord. Yes, God, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you, and we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 We are one. We are one. Amen. Amen. Give a brother and a sister a hug and tell them we are one. We are one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're dismissed.